and welcome to episode 5 of the Step Over Podcast, an Ottawa-centric soccer podcast uh, that puts out episodes, whatever it strikes my fancy, and I've lost my pop filter, so the audio on this might not be great, so if it's not, really sorry. Um, I'm really excited to put out this episode, though. Um, I had the great fortune uh, to talk to Margot Shore, who is a goalkeeper with Lecce uh, over in Italy. Uh, now, Margot has the distinct honor of being uh, a FISU World Cup winner. She won that when she was playing uh, with the U Ottawa GGs in 2019. So I had a chat with her. It was really great. I think you'll really like it. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, uh, I really wanted to touch on uh, some news that came out on June 3rd. Um, Christina Kiss, who is uh, a Canadian national team legend, um, and has been uh, coaching and technical director uh, with the West Ottawa Soccer Club for, I guess, the last like 11 years. 10 years, 11 years, something like that. So it was announced that she's leaving West Ottawa uh, to pursue a new opportunity with Canada Soccer as um, this new title of Manager of Program Development. Now, if you don't know much about Christina Kiss, uh, you really should. She had 75 caps for Canada, debuted back in 2000. Uh, was part of the team that came in fourth at the 2003 World Cup, uh, scored eight goals in Canadian colors, won a national club championship with Nepean United in 98. Uh, she's a member of the Ottawa Sports Hall of Fame, and she has a park named after her. As far as I know, there's two players who have parks named after them in Ottawa, uh, her and Charmaine Hooper. So Jason DeVos, uh, Canada Soccer's Director of Development, uh, said that Christine is going to play a key role in aligning stakeholders to ensure that all who wish to participate in the game uh, have an equitable opportunity to develop in a safe and welcoming environment. Uh, that's from a statement. She should be part of the national program. She's one of the all-time greats. She's someone that we should be keeping in the national system, in a leadership role. That's only a good thing for the program. Uh, so we just want to give a shout-out to her uh, and congratulations to her. I know she's going to do more great things, uh, so good luck to her. Uh, and the next thing I wanted to touch on, on Monday, just yesterday, the CPL and all eight clubs unveiled their community kits. Now, I thought this was kind of weird. I don't know about you, but I didn't. I did not feel or hear too much buildup leading up to this. The league's been kind of low-key um, for the last little while. Um, you know, they announced on, on the 5th that the season's going to start on June 26th with a bubble that's going to be based in Winnipeg. So that's an interesting story on its own, um, seeing as some teams have been able to train together, uh, you know, like Atletico Ottawa over in Spain, and others have, have not, uh, like the interior-based teams, Hamilton and uh, York. So with three weeks to prep, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what teams can get into game shape. You have to think a team like Ottawa is going to be at a huge advantage in that way. But there wasn't really much in the way of a lead-up to, to that announcement. And there's a few Twitter rumblings uh, that there was going to be some some third kits. And I guess that's what turned out to be these community kits. And to be honest, in my opinion, uh, most of them are kind of, like, they're fine. None of them are bad. I won't say any of them are bad visually. But I'll say, like, two are, two of them are really good, I think. And the rest are, like, underwhelming at best. Uh, so just for fun, I'm going to rank them. I'm going to go through them one by one. To me, the best one is definitely York United. Visually, really interesting. It's got like a Northern Ireland vibe. White with blue and green stripes uh, that cross over the badge. Kind of in the corner. To me, it's different. It stands out. It's not too much. It's pretty simple. But it's a great look. I think they nailed that one. Uh, next, I'd put Valor. 
and maybe I'm just feeling nostalgic. Um, but on one side, it's it's white, uh, and the other half is maroon, and it's giving me strong first-year Fury FC vibes. It's like a Valor take on a classic look, and I think they, they did a really good job on it. Third, I got Atletico Ottawa. Not really different from standard Atletico red and white stripes. I think the red stripes are a slightly different tone. One thing about these community kits is um, I guess each one is supposed to have like a community tie-in for Atletico in the in the red stripes. It's got like interlocking O's, kind of like the LRT or something. Honestly, you can't really tell from the pictures. The color's kind of been cleaned up a little bit. It's a bit of a darker blue. And it's the only one that they're showing paired with black shorts. The other seven kits are all shown with white shorts, but Ottawa's is with black. And together, it does look really good. Um, one issue I have is that they changed the sponsor on this one. I don't know if, if all the kits that they're going to wear this year um, are going to have this new sponsor. It's Come On, which is a gambling site. Aesthetically, doesn't look as good as the One Soccer logo. Uh, ethically, not a huge fan of a gambling site as a kit sponsor. I really hope this isn't a sign of things to come in that way. I guess we'll see. I'm going to leave that out for my ranking purposes. Overall, pretty good luck. Now from there, I've got my bottom five, uh, which all have kind of a similar a similar vibe to how they've been styled. So from a distance, they're all uh, kind of like a solid color, but then they've got an image or, or imagery or some kind of design in kind of a different tone of the same color. So I have Halifax uh, with theirs ranked uh, as the fourth best one. Because um, of those bottom five, I think that they... I think they did the best job by far. Um, so this is they're kind of like um, sky blue, and then the image they've got in the front is the lion rampant from the Nova Scotia, you know, from the Nova Scotia flag. And the more I look at it, the more I do like it. In the five slot, I got Pacific FC. Pretty simple. It's that great purple, and then kind of hoops going across the middle that look kind of like waves going out to sea. In the six and seven slots, I don't know. I got FC Edmonton and Forge kind of neck and neck. Again, they don't look bad. Like they look like they look fine. So FC Edmonton's is, has like a blue denim theme. I guess that there's there's a history of a jeans factory um, or like a jeans company that maybe I would appreciate more if I knew more about it. So it's a bit hard to see from, from pictures, but it's got more of a denim texture to the look. Um, and Forge kind of going for the same Halifax look. So where Halifax has the lion, uh, Forge has a dragon. And again, I am not saying that this looks bad. It's kind of cool. I'm just thinking I don't, think of a dragon when I think of Forge when I think of Hamilton maybe I'm off base there maybe Hamiltonians are all about dragons but it doesn't grab me and uh, in last I got Cavalry FC and aesthetically theirs is not uh, a bad look at all um, it's like a solid red um, and where Halifax and Hamilton have the images on on their kits um, Cavalry has the image of Colonel James McLeod now I've never been to Calgary James McLeod seems like he's maybe a folk hero there or or a well-known historical figure. I am not an expert on him. I'll just say that. Now there's a biographical entry uh, by a historian at the University of Alberta uh, about McLeod. It reads, more than any other single individual, he was responsible for establishing the policies followed by the Northwest Mounted Police in their dealings with the Indians and for setting the tone of Canadian Indian policy in the Northwest Territories. Now, given society's growing awareness that these policies weren't great, and especially in light of the mass grave that was found at the Kamloops Residential School, I really don't see uh, Calvary playing a single game in this kit. There's been some initial blowback 
on social media. Like, I think the easiest thing to do would just be to not wear it and just wear last year's kit. It wouldn't be missed. If you think I'm off base, feel free to get in contact. But yeah, the other seven, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they all look like uh, in action when the new season kicks off. And on that note, I really want to move on uh, and get to our chat with goalkeeper and Ottawa's own Margot Shore. Margot Shore, uh, before I start, you're in Italy. Uh, like my brain, it's 90% food blogs. Like how good is the food over there? It's really good. It's, I mean, I don't think you can get tired of really good quality, like pasta, pizza. Right now we're in gelato season. So just really thriving. The coffee too. The coffee's great. So just thriving. Gelato. You're from the home of gelato. I'm, I have like a gelato place, like across from my apartment. It's, it's honestly, it's ridiculous how many places and how good they all are. What's the, like, what's the last like great meal you had? What's the last great meal I had? You know, I would have to say I had a really good pasta. It was like shrimp, salmon in like a cream sauce. It was honestly amazing. It's really, really good. Like once a month kind of thing, but really good. Right on. Um, so, uh, you currently play professionally for Lecce. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. You are Lecce. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, uh, the season I believe is in Italy's third division. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So we're playing in Serie Chi's third division. Okay. Perfect. Um, so you're a graduate of, uh, the university of Ottawa with a degree in civil engineering. Is that right? Yep. Okay. 2018 Canadian national U sports champion as a goalie for you. U Ottawa, then a winner of the first ever University World Cup, uh, which is held in China, uh, where U Ottawa beat Paulista University from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to claim the title. That's a heck of a resume right there. Um, I'm absolutely honored to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Um, so you're from Ottawa originally, right? Yeah. So I was born uh, and I was raised in Nepean, basically until I until I left for college. And then I left for Italy. Spent my whole life pretty much in Nepean. Like what part of Nepean then? Like what neighborhood? Um, Prince of Wales and Hunt Club, Prince of Wales and uh, Maryville. So right, if you've ever been to like the the Maryville bowling alley, like my neighborhood is basically right behind there. Right on. Um, yeah. Do you have any like favorite hangout spots? Like was the bowling alley like a big hangout spot or? Uh, maybe when I was five. Uh, kind of <laughs> a lot of my time in Ottawa was spent either at, at school or basically at soccer. So I would, I would, it would probably be a soccer field. That would be the number one answer. Okay. Like, when did you first start playing soccer then? I started uh, when I was about five or six years old. I have a twin sister. So uh, my parents wanted kind of a nice, preferably summer sport for them, uh, for us to get into. So they signed us up for soccer. Did they want like a sport where like you had a number so they could tell you apart? That definitely helped. Uh, they also this were the really one keen on us not. It's okay. It's okay. I've heard them all. Don't worry. Feel free. Uh, yeah, no, they just wanted something that we weren't competing against each other. We were kind of playing together, uh, which I think was probably probably smart of them. <laughs> like, were you always someone who, like, did you know that you had a knack for it? Like, hey, I'm, I'm like pretty good at this. I don't really think so necessarily. I mean, I started playing out first and I switched to goalkeeping maybe when I was eight or nine and then full time when I was 13. Um, and I think that more than anything, I was kind of determined to be good at it more than kind of naturally talented. I enjoyed it from the beginning. I liked being the player with more kind of responsibility, kind of a different role, um, even when I was younger. But I, I don't think I was maybe naturally inclined. It's like, when did you, 
decide like like you're a goalie then? It was actually towards kind of the beginning of the provincial selections. So I I I was 13 and I was still playing kind of half games in goal and half games as a defender because I liked kind of the mix. Uh, and basically, a provincial coach said like it's the time to get serious. You know, if you commit to goalkeeping full time, like you know, you can be on Team Ontario and you can probably do like really good things. So basically at that point, I decided, you know what, let's dive in basically head first and head first and let's just be a goalkeeper. Okay. So that was the point when like you, you kind of started to take soccer a lot more seriously. It was kind of like a slippery slope. You really start like at house league and then it goes into competitive and then, you know, you start getting opportunities and those opportunities just become kind of your next, your next target. So probably that's when it really escalated, but yeah. So what was your club team uh, like when you're playing in Ottawa? I played for a couple. I played for the Hotspurs and I played for Canada Soccer when they were around. But the one I spent the most time with was the uh, the Ottawa Fury. So you started your uh, your university career with the University of Pittsburgh, you know, big American school. Um, how, like, how was that experience there? And and like, why did you choose Pittsburgh? Uh, I chose Pittsburgh first and foremost because I wanted to play in a really good conference. They played. I still think it's one of the best conferences. They played against Florida State. They played against uh, UNC. They played against like Notre Dame, really big schools, big name schools and really high quality schools with like, you know, national team players and all these different things. Um, And Pitt was a new addition to it. And they also had a very strong engineering program. So for me, I never wanted to really compromise on what I was studying for the sake of of playing. So that's why I chose Pittsburgh. Uh, It ended up not being the most positive experience. I ended up in kind of a, a situation with a very controlling coach and it became a very toxic environment. So that's why I kind of after my the fall of my second year, I decided to switch back and uh, I ended up at UOttawa. Um, now, you also changed programs, though, when you when you came to UOttawa. Like, why did you do that? Uh, so I was in industrial engineering in the States and I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I switched uh, basically because it's not a very common program in Canada. Uh, there were schools in Toronto and schools in Montreal, but UOttawa didn't really offer anything too similar. So I, uh, I switched to civil engineering, which had was the most similar and was the next most interesting to me. Okay. Was, uh, like, was switching to UOttawa specifically important to you to like come home? Uh, it was a bit of a safety net in a sense of, I knew the coaches, especially the goalkeeper coach, uh, David, he's been my coach actually since I was nine with the, uh, Ottawa Fury. So I knew that there was an element coming out of kind of a a pretty bad situation in the States that, you know, these were coaches I could trust. These were coaches that, you know, would be looking out for me and and would be able to get me to my full potential. And also it was a competitive program. I didn't want to go to a school that wouldn't be contending for provincial and national championships. So 2018, um, Ottawa wins the U Sports Championship. Um, is Is that how the team qualified for like the Women's World Cup? Yep, exactly. So they're in other continents, like there was a, an Asian, a European, an Oceanic qualifying tournament, but uh, the North American, I guess there was a wild spot available. And they basically looked at Canada and they said, well, you know, there's a national champion. They've kind of already done the hard work for us. And because it was us, we, uh, we were invited to go the following December to, to compete. Okay. Did, like, did the team know that they qualified for this world cup because it was the first like like it's the first university world cup at least for women that i know of. um yeah so the team know right away yeah uh i i think that my coach might have gotten an email or something like that maybe a week prior and he kept it quiet and then we had kind of a team meeting 
maybe a week or two weeks after we'd won nationals. And he basically said, we have this opportunity to go to China next year because we've done this big thing. But I, I don't think he made it public. I remember once he told us it was a very quick turnaround into organizing and, and seeing who's available and who's interested in different things like that. Um, yeah. So you go to China. Like, what was that experience like? It was very surreal. It was very, it's really weird to think back and think that I was in China. Um, it was, they had beautiful facilities, brand new stadiums. They put us up in a really nice hotel. Uh, the level of competition was just, it was really high. Our, our last two games, we played a team from Beijing and we played the Brazilian team. And those were two, easily two of the best teams I've ever played. Just very competitive. They filled the stadium. So you had thousands of people watching you. Um, play just you know the most intense games the semifinal went to penalty kicks and final yeah so so in uh so in the final game uh you know the team that was from brazil they'd never been scored on uh for the whole no. you know for the whole tournament um you guys score uh i think in the first three minutes off a something like that yeah yeah um you know so the, so the whole game you're up by one nil uh what was like what was going through your mind, like, you know, for 87 minutes, 87 plus minutes, uh, you know, with this lead, what was going through your mind, especially you kind of with the vantage point of seeing the whole game going on in front of you. What was that like? Uh, I think it was really just don't ruin it now. Just hold <laughs> on. You know, I think we all knew that we weren't going to get another, we weren't going to score again. Uh, just, they had a lot of momentum and they were, you know, if we scored again, it would be on a counterattack. It would be something messy, but it was going to be hard. Cause like you said, they, they hadn't been scored on. Um, so it was really just like, I think they hit something like a crossbar, two posts, you know, I made a few, diff- I made a few saves and it was really just like, okay, just hang on, hope there's not too much stoppage time and, and just get through the game. Wow. You know, I was thinking about it and, um, especially soccer, but in, in team sports in general, teams from, from Ottawa, that's, that's probably going to hold up as one of the, the great accomplishments that any team from Ottawa has ever has ever had, you know, like winning a world cup against top teams from, from around the world. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it makes it up there. I mean, I know we have some competition from the Carlton men's team. So pretty, pretty strong too, but Let's I think for they the, get a uh, world cup, you know, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you Ottawa will also be going back in a couple of years because they won, they've qualified to, to go okay. again. So, you know, it could repeat it. I think that would, that would really engrave it there. Okay. So when did you sign with Lecce? I signed with Lecce in uh, July of 2020, so right in, um, and just kind of decided, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to wait. You know, this is a contract in a, in a country that I know is good for soccer, so let's take a leap and let's see where it leads us. Okay. Um, so, like, how did it happen? Did, uh, you know, did they reach out to you? Were you kind of, like, shopping yourself around? So I was shopping myself around. I'd been talking with certain agents, and, you know, they were had things in the works, but nothing really too concrete. And then my friend and my teammate, uh, Miranda Smith, she signed a contract with an agent and basically said, you know, I can put you in touch with him. He might have something for you. Um, And he did the same day. He actually got back to me and said, I have a goalkeeping spot in Lecce. You know, it's not in the the highest division, but I think it would be a great opportunity for you to go and get seen and then see, you know, where that takes you the following season. Did you know anything about the club and like the city before you got there? Uh, I'd gone as far as Wikipedia page, as far as the city goes. (laughs) And I saw, you know, beautiful historic city right near, you know, we're sandwiched between the Adriatic coast and the Ionian sea. So basically you're surrounded by ocean pretty much as far South as you can get in Italy. Um, so that was a plus. And 
as far as the team goes, I'd known that they were bought by, basically they were a different team before and they were taken over by the U.S. Leche, uh, the men's team, which were last year we were playing in Serie A and now they're playing in Serie B, trying to be promoted back up. So I figured with a men's team behind it, especially a big men's team, um, you know, that would probably be a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so like, what's, what's the city like, um, you know, just as, um, as a person to like explore a new place, what's it been like there? It's, it's really nice because it's, it's quite small. It's about a hundred thousand people and, you know, it has a beautiful old kind of really light brick downtown center. That's in all this old Baroque architecture and it's really pretty to kind of walk around, but it's small enough that it's very comfortable that, you know, you know, all of it, it's very safe. It's very, it's, it's a nice introduction to living abroad by yourself is what i would say and then you can drive 20 minutes and be at the sea and it's it's a really nice balance you said this is your first time living abroad um what's it like communicating uh with your teammates um like are there a lot of english speakers or like how is that going no so that's the other problem not the problem a challenge being in the south (laughs) is that the level of english is quite it's quite low so the coach speaks some english some of the girls speak english um my mother is italian so Although she would speak to me in Italian, I never really learned the language very well. So I've, I've had to pick it up pretty quick to communicate with my teammates. But they're all, they're all really great. They, they try so hard, even if they only know four words in English. You know, they'll try and have a conversation. So it's, it's been a little challenging at times, but overall, it's been, it's been really nice. Okay. So you've been able to like pick up a bit of a language? Yeah, I don't want to brag, but I, I want to say I've, I've gone pretty good in six months. Yeah. I'm, I'm not fluent, but, but we've made some strides. We've made some strides. So that's been okay. really nice. Okay. So like, um, if you were, you know, if like a tourist came up to you, um, uh, but like, you know, it's a, it's a Italian tourist who's like new to Lecce and they're like, like, where is this restaurant? And you had to say it's to the left. Could you, could you say like, it's, it's over there. See, avanti a sinistra. I head into the left. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) um uh or like the classic uh where is the library oh i think it's very it's very close to to spanish you sound like you sound like you've lived there for for a decade (laughs) thank you i'll take that as a a huge compliment (laughs) like remember i don't i don't speak any italian so take it for what it's Uh, it's okay i could have just said gibberish but you know what i promise it's i promise it's correct i'm not gonna fact check you so so perfect this might be a bit hard to answer since uh, you've only been there kind of since since COVID started. Um, so you haven't seen uh, what's life like there in like normal times. But do you have a sense of like the growth of the women's game in Italy? Like it feels like in Canada at the pro or semi-pro level, it's been kind of like progress, but it's but it's slow progress being made in, in growing the infrastructure. Um, like, is it like that in Italy? So Italy is, is really interesting because for, you know, I think they're aiming for professionalism by 2022 in at least the first two divisions or the first division, but it's really, it has such an infrastructure and it really has a very dedicated fan base. You know, I play in the third division and there are 50 teams in the third division. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's really, there's a real structure, you know, I, from what I've heard from players on my team, like the level only keeps going up. You know, I play against American players. I play against Portuguese players, Swedish players. You know, it's becoming, even at the lower levels, it's becoming um, very, very kind of official, um, which, you know, in Canada, 
for the most part, unless I, I was, you know, playing League One or PLSQ, there would really be no alternative for me to continue playing as an adult. Whereas here, we've seen a really good pyramid and, you know, fans, very dedicated fans, you know, um, which is cool and very interesting for me to see. So I would say it's, it's actually miles ahead of Canada as far as, as things like that go. So are there fans back there now? We're not allowed to have fans in just yet. We're still not playing yet. all of our games behind closed doors, even the um, men's teams. I wanted to ask you, do you feel like you've learned a lot about the city so far? I think I have. I mean, the thing about Southern Italians as well is they're very, very proud. So, you know, you will have a, a person from Lecce and they will show you every nook and cranny and they'll be, they'll want to tell you absolutely everything. So I think I've gotten a really good idea of kind of what the city's about, the traditions and the culture. Because they're just so open and they're so inviting. Okay. Um, because I've prepped uh, a few trivia questions about Lecce to test you. If oh. that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I okay. mean, I might regret what I just said, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question number one, how old is Lecce? Oh, uh, so I have a long answer, which okay. is not going to be helpful. I want to say this, this, that this is a podcast. It's... So long answers are great. Okay, perfect. I love to talk. So uh, (laughs) if you haven't noticed, uh, I want to say it's, it was definitely here when the Romans were here, if not earlier. So I'm going to say, you know, upwards of, of 2000, it's been settled. The city of Lecce itself, I want to say maybe like 500 years. You, uh, like, that's a great answer. Uh, so I basically looked up, like, this is Wikipedia or like web pages. So, um, so it's over 2000 years old. Nice. Right. Spot on. Nice. Um, According to legend, there is a town called Saibar that existed there at the time of the Trojan War in the third century BC. And then it was conquered by the Romans and given a new name. Nice. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So 2000 years, you're spot on. Um, So the city of Lecce has a nickname. What is it? Oh. I don't know if this is one of those things that like like, people dare use or just like... Like, oh, it's on the I internet. It has a nickname. I don't want to guess that it has something to do with the number of churches. Because I feel like maybe I read that on the Wikipedia page. It's either <laughs> that or it has to do with the, the kind of overall region. I'm not sure. Okay. On that so, one. according to the interweb, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, it's called the Florence of the South because of the rich oh, architectural have... monuments found in the city. You know what? I have heard that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the last one, uh, what is Lecce's most important export? Oh, I do. I do know this one. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but I'm pretty sure it's olives and olive oil. Oh, you might. Okay. You might be right, but that's not what I have. Oh no. Uh, Ooh, the gears are turning. Um, oh no, I don't have anything else. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. It's food. It's wine. Absolutely right. That sounds. I see a lot of olive trees. So what I have is the Lecce stone, which is a soft and malleable form of limestone and apparently is really popular for making sculptures. There are a ton of quarries. You know what? I have to be honest. As soon as you drive out of the city, you see a bunch of quarries selling Lecce stone. So yeah, really, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, there you go. Although I'm sure the olive oil is fantastic there. So it's pretty good. And there are trees everywhere just covered in all trees that sounds, that sounds awesome um all right so uh before i let you go i have some quick questions for you um what's your favorite sport besides soccer i i like to play volleyball kind of okay. casually um 
But if I had to pick one to watch, I, I like to watch football, actually. Football or hockey. Did you have a favorite soccer team when you were growing up? I did not. I didn't. I wasn't in a house that watched a lot of soccer. I never really was a fan okay. of any team. Do you have one now? Besides Lecce. I was going to say the popular answer would be Lecce. You know what? Yeah. I've been watching a lot of... Uh, a lot of the, a lot of Italian soccer, and all my roommates are AC Milan fans. So I'm, I'm. They might be growing on me. I okay. might be an AC Milan fan by the end of the year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite player? Uh, since I was young, I always loved uh, Buffon. Okay, right always on. my idol. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the best soccer field to play on in Ottawa? Oh, uh, you know I've got a pretty extensive list of the worst, um, but. <laughs> The there's best, some bad ones. There's some really bad ones out there. I always liked, you know, I always liked my home field. I liked Matt Anthony at U Ottawa. That's a really good one. Yeah. It's it's home. It's you know, it's not a bad field. You know, won some won some big games there. We like it. It feels cozy there. Yeah, you know, it's very, you know, you got the trees, you got the lights, you got the stands. It's just it's it's decent. It's fine. It's got like the neighborhood right beside it, you know. Yeah, the old man who never, you know, gives your soccer balls back if they go in his backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's home. I love it. <laughs> Great on. Um, so you know how in baseball, uh, the players, uh, you know, they each have have like their walk on song that plays when they step up to bat. Um, if you had a song to like walk onto the pitch to, what would it be? Oh my god! Uh... So my problem is I listen to only depressing music uh, so, so not like something the that best wouldn't... pump up music no it's awful it's really like cry yourself to sleep music uh <laughs> it would have to be something cheesy it would have to be something that's like a joke that you know me and my you know friends on the team would find really funny okay it would have to be something like that i couldn't okay. do it seriously i'm not that kind of person to, to walk out seriously onto the field okay i like that that's good who has had the biggest impact on your career so far I would have to say from kind of a personal standpoint, definitely my parents, especially my mom, you know, have been there through some, some high been really encouraging of me, you know, graduating in engineering and deciding, you know what, I'm going to go play soccer in Southern Italy instead of going to work. You know, <laughs> she never even doubted it. She just said, if you're going to do it, do it well. Um, same with my dad from soccer. I, I had two coaches growing up who I think still have a big impact on me. One is uh, my coach, my goalkeeper coach, David, who I had kind of through the fury and through uh, college as well, who really kind of kept me level and kept me in check sometimes. And the other is uh, Tanya Singfeld. She was really helped me early on, especially getting technically good, which I still think is one of my, my uh, strengths as a goalkeeper. Great. Um, who is the best player that you've uh, ever been like on the field with? At Pitt, I had the chance to be on the field with some of the, like, people who are now in the u.s national system but i i honestly think that some of the best players i've played with have been in italy there are some individually really really talented forwards especially that i've played with that i i genuinely are are the best i've played with i think okay um what's your favorite food i love thai food or japanese um your favorite pre-game meal i can really eat anything before a game i just i really need a coffee i'm like that girl walking in with like a coffee in her hand to the to the pregame chat I, it's really it's not great but it's where we're at so coffee i mean you're in italy though so there's got to be some pretty decent some decent caffeine you'd think so and then you still find yourself missing like a tim hortons like 
iced coffee. Really, eh? you, you find yourself missing just the worst coffees. Like I have really good espresso and they have such strong opinions about coffee, but I just really like hit me with like 60 grams of sugar in my iced coffee, you know, once in a while. Just like just, ice yeah. cap, extra syrup. Yeah, I don't know. Just like you start missing the weirdest things when you're away from home. It's strange. <laughs> like stuff I would never eat, but it's like, you know, an ice cap right now would be great. Has like anyone mailed you some some craft dinner yet? You know what? I have some really, really great friends. Uh, four of them all got together and they they sent me a box full of Canadian candies for Christmas. Um, so I, I did have some deliveries from from them and that was really, really sweet of them. Oh, that's great. What's the better halftime snack, oranges or watermelon? You know what? I have to go with watermelon. You know, I'm a goalkeeper. I don't want I don't want orange juice all over my hands, putting putting gloves back on. I don't know. I think it's watermelon. Right? It's refreshing. Or like stuff between your teeth. Yeah, it's just it's an orange is a lot to take on in the moment. Give me like a cube of watermelon. I'm with you. I'm with you. Nice. Um, what's a fact about you or like an interest of yours that most people wouldn't know about you? interest of mine i'm some people might know this about me i'm really really interested in i hope it doesn't make me sound like a sociopath i'm really interested in natural disasters um you know i find it really cool to look at like anytime it's like hurricane season or tornado season i really i find it interesting to kind of like pay attention to them and it's something i actually want to study uh later on uh all right so my last question um what do you hope to do with your post soccer career so Which right is like hopefully now, like a like way down the line. Like, way down uh, the line. So I mean, actually, right now I'm looking at uh, doing a master's while I'm still playing. So uh, I would want to do that in engineering risk management. So kind of like what I what I said about the natural disasters, like how you can build better infrastructure to kind of stand up to natural disasters and climate change and all these things. So I would really love to work in a field like that, kind of an emergency preparedness, emergency readiness. It's a huge pivot from soccer. I mean, I still think I would coach or find a way to be involved on the side. But I think for me, like, that's just the most interesting and, like, necessary work that, that I see post-soccer. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, uh, from, like, a civil engineering perspective, has, has being a Leche been, been interesting from that standpoint? In a way. The, the only kind of sad thing about it, not sad, it's cool, but I mean, they have so many old buildings that it's really interesting to see how they've stood up and how well they were built and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the tallest building in Lache, I think is maybe five stories. So it's, it's like interesting, but at the same time, it's also, it's very flat and it's very well built already. So I'm not saying I hope something would fall down, but it might make things interesting. 